unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited. How are you? I'm excited as well. We've got an awesome topic lined up and an awesome guest lined up. So I'm going to do my best to play a fly on the wall and I'm going to hand it over to you. Yeah. So Jason Moffat, and we'll get talking in a minute. You'll notice his hat says crypto. And while this is not about crypto per se, it could definitely lead to crypto. You'll, you'll see what I mean in a minute. Look, in about every copywriter's life, just about, there comes a time when you ask yourself, why on God's green earth are all my clients making money hand over fist, day after day, month after month, and I just get paid once, and like once like a tiny fraction of what they're making? And it's a fair question because more often than not, as copywriters, we end up essentially inventing our clients' businesses with our copy, with our ideas, with our expert guidance to create a money machine. Our guest today has a solution to this problem so many copywriters have. His name is Jason Moffat, friend of mine, good guy, and his nickname is Prophet Moffat for a reason. He's figured out how to do profitable deals both for his clients and for himself. He started his copywriting career reading books and courses while waiting in his spy van doing private investigation stakeouts. And after 17 years in internet marketing these days, Jason teaches digital marketers and copywriters how to get their slice of the pie by acquiring significant equity chunks on any project they work on. So most everyone knows what that means. Some people might be new terminology. An equity chunk means you own a piece of the action, legally are part owner of a business. Jason spends most of his time on Hawaii's famous island of Maui, playing guitar and helping fellow entrepreneurs and copywriters get paid far better. And I think surfing when the waves are not so dangerous as they are today, as he was just mentioning. Of course, I spend most of my time when I start this podcast telling you this, copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. And most of the time, Common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, Nate, so Nathan, hi. Uh, Jason, welcome and, and thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, I'm glad to be here. I didn't mention we may have a few guests pop in from time to time. They are uh, Hawaiian roosters, about 12 of them outside of my garage. <laughs> you hear, yeah, so this is what we're in for. Okay. Can't wait to meet your friends, Jason. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've been where a lot of copywriters are, haven't you? I mean, you've been where you had too many clients and they were demanding and ridiculous 
and you know you were trying to keep all these balls in the air and I, I think you are a juggler but this is a different kind of juggling could you talk about that and sort of about your journey about how you came to realize getting a piece of the action is a better way to go and then we can maybe talk a little bit about how people do that you know i was very fortunate in the very first piece of copy i ever did and for a client was in 2006 i believe i actually had a competitor reach out to me i was in the poker market he loved my sales page so much and he asked me to do some copy for him and i just quoted him five grand right off the bat because i didn't even want to do the gig and he laughed and we ended up settling for like 750 bucks up front and then i don't know a piece of the pie over six months and it came out to about 7500 bucks at the end of the six months so i got paid 7500 bucks on my first paid copy gig which was astronomical particularly in 2006 to bring myself back down to earth my second copy was 200 bucks and i couldn't beat a control written by a 14 year old so <laughs> oh no <laughs> it, was, it was all about lock picking but around 2000 maybe 2012 ish i had been driving around in my rv all around the country with my dog just kind of doing affiliate marketing and trying to see how long i could live off my list and it lasted quite a long time but i was running out of money and i needed to do something so i started picking up some clients and it was good the money was good I, I wouldn't complain but it was difficult and it was often stressful and the clients were stressed out you know whether they're having a launch coming up or you know this stuff it's real life it means a lot to people and they're juggling many things too and have multiple irons in the fire and after a while it just started i started doing the math and i started realizing my own value and realizing like hey man my big ideas and the the time in which i'm putting into this copy you know it might seem like a week or three weeks but really we're talking this stuff took me 10 years to learn how to do this thanks to guys like you and carlton and you know yeah. and kern and being around and so it's not like you're hiring me for just one little piece of copy. You're hiring me for everything that I bring to the table. And I had a buddy who I'm partnered up with now for like the last four years. And he came to me and wanted me to help him with his online business. And he needed help a little bit beyond just copy. But I think copy was the most important thing that he needed. And I said to him, I'll do it, but... I want, you know, I think I originally tried to negotiate half the business and I didn't quite get that, but I did get a, a decent chunk. And this guy was just a superstar too. It's he's what I call a, a calf at the time. And what we're looking for ideally in the perfect client is what I call kind of a whale in the hierarchy of this marketing sea. But you know, I can't go out there and pitch a, a Grant Cardone or a Ty Lopez right away and say, hey, I want to chunk your business. I mean, they know what they got. They're extremely successful. So what I'm out there doing is kind of being a talent scout in a sort. And I'm looking for a calf, which is a baby whale that's going to bud into a whale. And with my partner, Jake, it was very evident he was that guy. He was out there selling books out of the back of his car 
competing side by side with the Hare Krishna selling their books. And he was crushing him. He sold 10,000 copies out of the back of his car at farmer's markets and was on the Vans Warp Tour selling in the parking lot to kids who didn't even care about motivational books. They're there to see punk rock bands. And so I knew that Jake being a calf in that moment was going to become a whale. And I wanted to help him get there. So I basically negotiated a piece of the pie from there. And he recognized my talents and I appreciated that. And I recognized his and it really created what I talk about a win, win, win scenario. And I always like to add that third one in there because I need it to be a win for me. I need it to be equally a win for my partner, but the third wheel is I need it to be a win for the customer just as much, if not more so that it kind of has, I don't know, like that holy trinity of business or, and when I was really customer focused, I realized how much better I could write copy, how much I could better feel about the business. And I don't know, it just seemed it all organically happened. But when I took on Jake as a business partner, I knew I was creating kind of the foundation and trying to create a model, a testimonial that it would work to show other people they could do this. But I waited until we made a few million bucks so I could prove the model um, before I just came out there and said, hey, you guys, you can do this thing. It's like I actually have done this thing in multiple projects. So when you say we made a few million bucks, I assume you took a significant, if not 50% part of that. Yeah, I didn't get 50% on this. His whole business revolves around his entire name and whatnot. But I I did get a very healthy chunk, and it was very uh, generous of him. Now, you said one thing that I'd like to zero in on a little bit. You said copywriting. I'm not sure the exact words you said, but what I heard was copywriting and other skills. And I, I think that's important for a couple reasons. One is copywriters have to develop other skills if they're going to make their copy make money. It's not just learning to put certain words in certain order. There's there's certain amount of strategic thinking. There's certain amount of other tactical skills involved, number one. And number two, if you're just selling copywriting, that's going to be different than if you're selling a suite of skills and a result. In fact, that's not exactly my original idea. It's more like what you were telling me when we were talking earlier about this. Could could you um, dive into that a little bit? Yeah, I think the more skills you bring to the table, obviously, the more advantageous you can be for your partners and your customers. And that can be a little daunting to some people like, oh, my gosh, just learning the copy alone is kind of overwhelming. Now you want me to you know, have a grasp of SEO and, and graphics and yes and no. It's, you don't necessarily have to be an expert, I think, and learn all those kind of things. And that's why I talk about how to assemble a team around you. It's a great idea for a copywriter to have a graphics art, graphic artist or a, a group of graphic artists on your side because if you're trying to negotiate a job and the client knows that they need to have the sales page done and all the the graphics, you're going to be able to negotiate a lot more if you got a graphics guy on your side or even better if you know how to do it yourself. And 
So that goes with everything, with the SEO, with customer service, all the things that just happen to come in business. So I encourage people to really be great networkers and to always be on the lookout for someone to add to your team. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to have them on salary and fork out that cost, but just the fact that you have them on call and you can bring them along for these gigs, you're going to pass the fees on to the, the client or the potential partner anyways. So it really makes sense to be well networked with people that do more than just copy. Yeah, that that sounds good. You you have mentored people in this, and in fact, we're going to give people access to a a private webinar at, at the end of the show uh, where you're going to go into a lot more detail. So we can't cover everything here, but w- one thing I'd like to ask you about is what are it seems like the first steps are not getting more skills, but changing your mindset just doing an inventory of what you bring to the party and especially valuing copywriting and understanding that you need to be able to explain that to someone else that without copy, nothing's going to happen, but copy's not the whole picture either. Could you talk about some of the first steps someone needs to go through to transform themselves from a, you know, a, a contract copywriter to a equity partner kind of business player. Yeah. So obviously I think there's a certain level of proficiency you have to have and experience before you can go out there and talk the talk. But I think that anyone who's been in the game, I would say even a year, if you've had significant study under the right person, someone is yourself. If somebody studied from you under a year, I believe that they have million dollar talent and are worth million, if not millions, because the disproportionate need for copywriters compared to the amount of influencers and artists and just average business owners that are flocking to the internet, particularly in COVID times, as they're having to readjust and figure out how to take advantage of all these people sitting at home on computers, which is only gonna continue to grow. And those numbers are massive. I mean, if you looked at the amount of people coming online, I would imagine the graph would probably be going somewhere, not straight up, but, you know, pretty darn close. But if you look at the amount of new copywriters, I'm sure that's growing too, but not nearly at the same rate of which it's needed online. So therefore, I believe people who write copy and people just who have digital marketing skills are in such an advantageous position just on pure need. And so I don't think people truly understand that. And I don't think they quite value how important and needed they are. And I think maybe in the past, there's kind of been a model that's been set and we aspire to it. But sometimes if you look, I've always been known to think out of the box. One guy said, I think out of the warehouse. (laughs) And so I took that as a compliment. And I don't like to put limits upon anything. So once I really came to grips and and not in an egotistical way, but truly understood the value in which that I brought to the table 
and said, all right, well, how can I get the most out of what I've got? I think that's the name of a Jay Abraham book. The more I would just think about that, I realized, wow, yeah, there's a lot more money on the table. And sure, I might have to do a little bit more than just write the words and, and hand it over to the client. But this makes a lot more sense, particularly because, I mean, I'm admittedly kind of lazy. And so the idea of working with one or two people for even if it's just the same amount of money, even if I didn't increase my income compared to what I was doing for client work, if I could just work with one or two people instead of multiple, that right there is a win. And, you know, another book, uh, The One Thing, who is that? I think maybe Gary Keller and Jay Papazon. Yeah, I have that book. It's a good book. And, yeah, and they they really talk about how much more productive you can be if you're focused on one thing. And think about how more effective you could be at copy if you were writing for the same group of people over and over again, a project that you're intimately familiar with, been doing it for three years. You know, one of the things I the smartest things that I ever did, I ran our customer service desk for the first year as we were getting up and going and the reason that it, sure i could have hired somebody for cheaper i could have went to the philippines and got somebody for 10 bucks an hour and they would have done a fantastic job but to me there was so much gold inside of the customer service desk because i would see all the questions all the objections coming in and after a year I knew exactly who the customer was, who the avatar was. I knew all the questions and people were basically writing my copy for me. The, all the questions that would come in the customer service. I'm like, oh, man, that's a great subhead. Save that. Oh, I've been getting this question like 30 times this month. Maybe I should use this. So <clears throat> is it possible for somebody, if they pick the right businesses and set up the right deal, working with just one or two businesses to make over a million dollars in a single year? Oh, gosh, yeah. I, I Yeah, I don't see why. I mean, the, the hard part is, you know, if a company's already doing five, $10 million a year, it's going to be hard to negotiate a significant chunk of that equity because they're obviously doing many things right. But I don't know. I mean, I just gave somebody... So not only do I seek out these things for myself and my partner. I often give them away too, because I can only write so much copy myself. So I brought along a copy partner for the next 12 months. I was like, I want to promo every single month and I'll give you 10% of whatever it makes. And it's a win-win deal, win-win-win deal for all of us that way too. But the opportunity is to make a million in a year yourself is how good you are at spotting talent who may be, I would say I would be trying to find somebody who's in the six, you know, just cracking the six figure area. Maybe they made 120 grand last year, but there's no reason that person shouldn't made a million dollars. And maybe in three years you can get them to the five or 10 million spot as well. That I think would be kind of the, the sweet spot I would look for. And and that's usually a product business, right? I mean, if if you're taking a percentage of somebody's service services, you you're kind of like an agent, but boy, they better have some pretty high price services. The problem is it's hard to scale that unless you're you know in Hollywood or in music or sports or something where where the upside for the person's earnings is like unlimited. Yeah, you know, I'm a huge fan of digital downloadable stuff. 
but you know there are different opportunities i know uh you mentioned we may or may not talk crypto but <laughs> i think right sure. now there, there's a huge opportunity right now for someone who understands the space to do the marketing related material particularly for musicians that want to get into nfts and so it, it wouldn't be limited to that but yeah if somebody you know if somebody's like a a coach and they're trading time for money it might be hard for them to want to give up unless you're bringing you know unless they're having problems getting clients and you can stack them in then they may be willing to do that okay so you gave some pretty good ideas about the income range of the current income range and the potential you know turning a calf into a, a whale and and also i think it's a pretty safe bet that you should look for something where they're digital downloads because there's a lot of profit margin there but beyond that could you talk about what you're looking for in a partner and what you want to avoid like the plague well i'm kind of a dictator in a way so i really enjoy when somebody just trusts what I say and does what I say and doesn't fight me creatively. I mean, I, I obviously want their feedback and I, and I want them to squash certain ideas, but I don't want to work with somebody who, you know, is afraid of aggressive copy. One thing, anyone who's timid, you know, I, I like to push the envelope as much as I can. I really loved your disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast to, you know, run your stuff by legal, particularly if it's, you know, in the supplement market or in the money making market or whatnot. But I don't want somebody who's so timid that when I come out with some raw, hard hitting copy that they're just like, no way we can't run this. So that would be a red flag right away. You know, you know what I think about people like that? And this is totally unprovable is that they have a little voice in their head that says, mommy's going to be mad at me. And that's, that's like stopping them from doing bold stuff, going outside of the box. Yeah. I think a lot of people have tons of money blocks just from the society we've grown up in that kind of demonizes money and wealth and whatnot. And, um, so I think a lot of that kind of residually hangs in the subconscious of people. So, yeah, you definitely want somebody who just an abundant mindset, somebody who really wants to overachieve. That would be huge for me. Okay. Once you get into something like this, I, I noticed that one of your key points is continuing education. Obviously, you need to know a lot about copywriting and marketing and products and markets and it's helpful to have know about the customer either through customer service experience like you had which i think is brilliant and uh, you know so it's funny there's so many people who run businesses who just think they're above all that and they're so wrong <laughs> but you know you can't fix stupid but what other kind of continuing i mean once once you get a deal like this where is let me put it this way. Where is the best leverage for continuing education, both, you know, personally in terms of mindset and growth, but also in terms of ROI, payback, increasing the profitability of what you're doing? So I would say on a personal level, uh, you know, I'm just a huge 
connoisseur of information. I'm just a curious person. I can't stop having questions. And so, you know, I suffer from the same thing that everybody else suffers from, and that's a lack of time and too many things. And so I am really hip on condensed information or, you know, like summaries. So, you know, I subscribe to MentorBox and Blinklist and probably five or six different book summary sites out there. So I can just get the 12 nuggets and not have to read the whole dang thing. I subscribe to Masterclass and I'm usually not a huge advocate of people binge watching Netflix all weekend, but sometimes the things that you can learn through the storytelling and how they do open loops and all these creative writing techniques apply just as much to to copy. And so I am just an absolute information whore, but like, since I have a little time, I want to get the best information as fast as I can. And so whether I'm learning it myself or I'm, you know, listening to podcasts in the background and, and I'm always just having new stuff come at me. And particularly, I will spend time listening to things that I disagree with or sometimes don't even like. You know, I grew up listening to political talk radio as a kid. And when I was a kid, you know, there was nothing but, you know, Limbaugh and more Limbaugh type folks. And I don't want to get political on the podcast or whatnot, but I listened to Limbaugh for like 10 years and I'm not a Limbaugh guy but it really educated me to what other people think. And when you're writing copy, sometimes the jobs that you take, you might not always align with the customers. And it's very helpful to not only understand the the topics at hand, but to truly be empathetic in how those people feel. Whether or not you feel the same way, you have to understand that everybody, you know, is thinks that, no one's out there really intentionally trying to do bad. You know, everybody's trying to do the best they can and do the right thing. And they feel like they are. And when you understand that about other people and it's helpful to kind of like argue a point, you know, it's thinking the other day, like during research on a project, most people, that's what they do. They just do research, which is kind of passive. You're aggregating information. I was like, what if you're doing investigation? And you had to actually take that research and you had to present it in front of a jury of your peers and it had to pass them before you ever even started writing. Which you've done. Yeah. I mean, being a private investigator, being a huge Sherlock Holmes fan, I try to emulate Sherlock in anything that I can do in business. Just because if you dot all those I's and cross those T's and really do full on investigation and open that up to other people's interpretations, you're just going to flush out a lot of the the junk. And so that that was on a personal level, the things that I do. The business level, I think the most profitable ROI thing that you could do is to learn how to get a positive ROI on paid ads. Because I'm a gambler at heart. Pay-per-click advertising is gambling. But It's basically like playing poker where you can see all your opponent's cards. You just can't control what the dealer is flipping. So the fact that you can funnel hack, as they call it nowadays, or spy on customers and see or competitors and basically see 90% of their entire business. And heck, half of the guys out there are telling you what they're doing in their business. I remember 
gosh, years ago, John Lee Dumas with uh, his copywriting thing, I mean, a, a podcasting thing, he would actually publish his income every month. He would do income reports and be completely transparent about it. I know there was a I'm in the food niche with my with my wife as well. And um, there was a site called Pinch of Yum. And they were doing not only income reports every month, but they were doing traffic reports as well and showing where all their traffic was coming from. And it was like 65% Pinterest. And I was just like, I can't believe you're giving this stuff away. Right, right. And, and it was it was incredible information. So pay-per-click advertising is very tough. Most people can't learn how to do it. But if you can, oh boy, talk about like equity slices. I mean, if you can do that, you don't even, you can just team up with a copywriter and let the copy guy do the stuff and you just, you know, manage the ads. But I don't think that there's anything that can get you richer faster than learning how to turn a dollar into $2 and then optimizing that and maybe turning that dollar into $4 and then just stepping on the gas and start spending as much money as you can. I want to say though, I say that because that's actually where I'm weak. I need to be better at ads. I've made almost all my money because we figured out how to gain free traffic off of YouTube. Right. And if I had been better at ads, I might have many, many multiples of more seven figures in my pocket. Oh, never too late to learn. But let's let's talk about your um, class. You've got a, a webinar, free webinar. Uh, you want to just tell people a tiny bit about it. We've got a, a link at the bottom. It's equity5000.com forward slash David. And, and what's in it? Basically, I just break down the entire process, you know, how I came about this, just kind of the organic natural story, uh, remind people that their value or, and their skills might not be as appreciated by some people out there, but there are a lot of others who absolutely do value it. And I actually go through and show you some places right now, I mean, where there's tons of celebrities that are hopping online, particularly like, you know, C-level, C and even maybe even D-level type celebrities that were big back in the day. But when COVID hit, they kind of lost a lot of jobs and income and they're looking for ways to, you know, supplement their income as well. And so I show them all the different opportunities that are out there. I talk a little bit about the type of people that you are looking for and you know what you need to do to put the pieces together. Obviously, I don't give away all the secrets. You can only do so much in the hour, but it's a real comprehensive outline of exactly what you're up against. I really lay out why working with clients is a really, I think one of the worst things, as I mentioned before, is, is just time. Because what happens when, let's say you even get a gig and it pays $15,000 for the month. For most copywriters, that's a great gig. And you would be, I would totally congratulate you for getting that gig. And um, the problem is at the end of the month, what happens is you sacrificed a whole month that you could have been doing work that 
would have could have paid you the next month and the next month and the next month and the next month. So while you did make $15,000, what you did is you sacrificed 30 days of time that could have compounded for years and years and years. And so it's almost like every time you take one of those one-time checks, you're kind of digging yourself a little deeper hole each time. But it's hard to look at it that way when you're getting a healthy check. But if you look, you know, it's kind of like crypto. If you if you just zoom and watch today, you don't really see what you see when you zoom out. You look at a year or, you know, or stocks and it gives you a bigger picture of what's possible. But if we're narrowly focused on singular jobs, you can essentially rob yourself of earning potential. Okay, I think we're going to have to wrap up. Nathan, did you want to add or ask anything? I just want to say thank you for coming on. And two things that really hit home for me were number one, my clients that I have on retainer, some of my clients I've been working with for three or four years and where it used to take me two weeks to write a sales page for them. Now I can usually knock out a sales page in an afternoon or two. And so that is a huge benefit of working long-term with clients. And the clients that I actually have a stake in their business or I have uh, some sort of like reward fees negotiated with, I always feel more inclined to put everything I can into their copy. So all around, I think the advice that you gave is not common sense, but it is some of the best advice that I think copywriters could be getting. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing it with our listeners today. Appreciate that, man. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. And before we go, if there's a way that people can sign up, you said you were going to be doing this webinar and doing a training for people. How do people get access to that? They can just go to equity5000.com forward slash David, and that'll take them right over to a webinar there. And, you know, if this is seen maybe later, you know, we may have a newer webinar set up or a newer funnel and I'll just have it redirect there. So whatever's current there, you'll be able to just go to equity5000.com forward slash David and it'll take you right where you need to go. Throw that in the show notes too. We will. Jason, thank you so much for coming on, man. We appreciate you sharing your knowledge and your insight with our listeners. And if you, the listener, want to catch more episodes of this podcast, you can go over to copywriterspodcast.com. We'll have the show notes there with the link to Jason's training. And until next time, we will catch you later. Catch you later. I want to take a moment to point out how vitally important headlines are in copy. As you may already know, the strength of your headline accounts for up to 80 or even 90% of the effectiveness of your ad. Think about that. What if there were a way to shortcut the headline writing process and start a new headline based on a proven winner? Well, there is. It's all in my book called Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. This book is available now on Amazon.com. Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. What's unique about this book is it shows you exactly how to adapt a proven winner to your product or service, because I show you 10 adaptations for each headline in different niches and explain the psychology of how to adapt a headline. Advertising headlines that make you rich in hard copy and Kindle formats on Amazon. This 
is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.